The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Doubt and suspicion can be good things. For instance, if someone were to offer you a beer bong, it would be good to doubt whether it's a good decision to go through with that. It can also be a bad thing if we doubt that the professor who calls us aside and says, I'd like to meet with you to help you with class, if we doubt that he or she has good motives, that's probably a bad thing. In our religious life, in our moral and spiritual life, it's the same way. It's good to doubt whether I'm doing the right thing, whether I'm fulfilling this God-given, these God-given talents and gifts I have to the best of my abilities, whether I'm following God's will. It's good to have those doubts. But it's bad to be crippled by doubts, to think that we're no good, to think that we can, we're never worthy of God's love or God's mercy. And unfortunately, oftentimes, this gospel and poor St. Thomas, who died for the faith, is referred to as doubting, as the doubting Thomas. But here's the thing. This gospel isn't about doubt. Our doubts, our suspicions really aren't that important. What's really important today in this last day of the Easter octave? Now remember, we've been celebrating Easter for eight consecutive days. That's how amazing Easter is. It lasts for eight days. For eight days, we've been celebrating the one thing that matters. Not our doubts, not our suspicions, not our sins, not our shortcomings, but the extravagant lengths 
to which Jesus Christ goes and went for each and every one of us. He overcomes our doubts. He overcomes our suspicions. He does whatever it takes for us to see and for us to believe. Jesus wants each of us to touch and see. And he does this in multiple ways. In the gospel, or excuse me, in the first reading today, he tells us through the Acts of the Apostles, he shows us the beauty with which a Christian community can lift us up, can make us as greater than the sum of our parts. He shows us that in community, in the people we encounter, the people who touch us, the people who we see, we can build up a kingdom. We can build up a better world. If we die to self to build up the group, if my good becomes the common good, Love is to will the good of the other, and if we can will the good of the other in a small setting, we can start to will the good of the other on bigger and bigger settings. And so it is so important for us to have that Christian community, that tangible connection to Christ Jesus in our brothers and sisters in Christ. This weekend, you can hear probably from my raspy voice, I was away at my twin sister's wedding. I had the chance to preside at my twin sister's wedding. And I also had the chance to sit in very small rooms that were very loud and yell at people who were five feet away from me to have a conversation. But the, other, the thing about it is that, that that community that my sister and her husband begin or began on Friday is the same thing that we all have in one way, shape, or form. Even if you're not married yet, or if you've been married for 50 years, we can still build that community. The second thing that the Lord offers us today in terms of helping us with our doubts and our suspicions are the sacraments. The Lord offers us himself physically in the sacraments. The Lord gives us something that's tangible. He literally feeds us himself in the Eucharist. He doesn't come to us and say, here, put your hands in my side. He says, here, eat me. I want to be so connected with you that I am going to be literally consumed by you. That's how much Jesus loves each of us. Not only that, but especially on this Divine Mercy Sunday where we celebrate the extravagant gift of God's mercy. He says to you, I want to forgive you your sins too. I want to take those away. I want you to hear, literally hear the words, you are absolved. These things are washed clean and taken away. He never stops going further and further to get after us, to help us, and to build us up. And so it is our challenge to respond, to seek God in the tangible, to build up the Christian community, to go to the sacraments, and to make a world that is filled with his divine mercy, and where doubts and suspicions are conquered in his most holy name.